the written word of the living God. The Father's love letter to his people. All of it was spirit-breathed. Through it, he wants to reveal his love for you. Will you seek him? Will you come to him just as you are and let him speak life over you? Well, good morning. Boy, I, I just have to say up front, you guys exceeded my expectations. Uh, I was really prepared to have a few folks down here, you know, and, and have to call them down to the front so that we could pretend like the room was full, you know, for the f folks, all the folks that are watching on the web. But you guys, you guys toughed it out, and I'm proud of you. Proud of you for being here. Thank you guys. That, that really is encouraging. You know, we, we were trying to make decisions along the way. Every day, obviously, this week, we've been trying to assess situations. I want to thank our facilities crew. Don't do that very often, but I'm telling you, those guys were amazing. I um, ventured out of my neighborhood just barely yesterday and didn't know what, what we'd find, and they were out here, and they were plowing all the parking lot and all behind us and the steps and getting everything ready so that we could potentially have a service, but we didn't quite know what we were going to do until uh, late, late yesterday afternoon. So thank you guys for being here. And I know many of you are watching on the web today, probably an inordinate number of you, uh, and so grateful for that. Some of you may be doing this for the first time, so let me just give you a little instruction that uh, the notes that we're going to be walking through are actually on your church app. And you're going to see fill in the blanks and you just press on there and you'll see a place where you can just follow along as, as we do our message today. Uh, the notes are available. We have Bibles available as usual, and so some ushers going to offer those uh, today. This is our last message in this series. I hope uh, this 40 Days in the Word has been meaningful to you, uh, to your group, to the life group that you've been part of. And so we're going to conclude that uh, today. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I think this has been one of the most exciting journeys we've been on here at North Shore for quite some time, to, to see tangibly God working in people's hearts, challenging you at some levels maybe that you've never been challenged before. And my prayer from the very beginning was that some of you that have never ventured into a deeper understanding or commitment to the Word of God, that this has caused you to take at least some initial steps to that end. And so today what we're going to be doing is we're going to um, going to kind of sum things up for, uh, for our purpose moving forward, the application which we've been talking about throughout the series, and you can see from the top of the notes that you received on the way in, we're talking about integrating the word in, into our life. Uh, before we jump into it, just a couple other things that we wanna do. If perchance you uh, were missing some of the weeks and you did get a workbook, you've been trying to work through that, or maybe you never got connected to an, an individual life group, uh, and you, so you, you didn't have the teaching available for that workbook, I wanted to share you how you could back up or you could go and, and get caught up in those lessons. The places that you're gonna find these are on our Right Now Media, okay? 
this is a, a service that North Shore has been made available for some time now, but this is where you're gonna find all of the six lessons that are taught. And so if you go to Right Now Media, you're gonna be able to call, call and, and be able to tap into that and to the North Shore site. Go on your search and you'll find 40 days in the Word and then immediately you'll find each session that is available if you wanna get the teaching that's gonna back up the workbook uh, information if you happen to miss it, okay? And if some of you are coming in late and never did get connected, um, you know, it's a good, good place to, to go as well. All right, so I wanted you to be aware of that. Wanna uh, just say a word of prayer um, as we launch today. I, I have to be honest with you guys, I'm a little anxious right now. <laughs> we are, uh, we're planning to take 78 people to Israel tomorrow. And uh, they are meeting here at 9.30 in the morning to catch a shuttle bus to the airport. Most of them, some of them are, are already gonna be there. But we've got some folks flying, trying to fly in to, to join with our trip. We've got folks that have already headed that way. Uh, and already, there's gonna be six of them, I think, that are already in Tel Aviv. So a lot of moving parts going on right now. Folks, you know, trying to even get here um, tomorrow, maybe a challenge. We don't know what's coming ahead the next uh, few hours. And, you know, so I, I really, I, you know, it's one thing to say, hey, would you pray for this? Would you really, really pray for this? You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I know God's got a, a chance to really be uh, glorified and, and because I tell you what, it's kind of, kind of uh, looming large in front of us. And many of you that are going on the trip are here in this service, and I know you've been feeling that way. But, uh, but I have watched God do some amazing things uh, in just these kinds of circumstances. And so we just have to trust him, and that's what we're gonna do, amen? I appreciate your prayers. So let's do that. Lord, thank you for today. Uh, this is a day that you've made. We're rejoicing and we're glad in it. We are grateful, Lord, for you being the holy God that is over above all and in all and sovereign over everything. There is nothing that escapes your attention. And even the smallest things, the smallest details, Lord, are things that, uh, that are under your control and in your providential hand. So we thank you, God, for the confidence, for the trust. Even today, Lord, what an opportunity to put into practice what we have been learning and even what we're gonna learn in the next few minutes about, about how to establish this word in our hearts and our lives. And so just be with us now as your spirit moves amongst us, challenges in the areas that we need to uh, be uh, corrected perhaps, rebuked or, uh, or trained in some new ways, uh, new understanding. God, we just submit ourselves, we open ourselves up to what you wanna say to us in the next few minutes. We do this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if, you, uh, if you've got your notes in front of you, we, uh, we've, been, we've gone quite, covered a lot of territory over these past weeks. Uh, these, this is the sixth of the messages, and we've, uh, we've talked about laying the foundation of the word, why God has given it to us. We've talked about opening our eyes, our hearts, to seeing what he, he has for us. We've talked about uh, you know, putting them into practice quite a lot. And so all of these collectively is what are we gonna do now? Where are we gonna go from, from here? You know, maybe you're acclimated when we do a series, you know, then we move on to something else that it's kind of like behind us and you forget about that. This is not one of those kinds of, of seasons. This is something that we're hoping to build on what has happened in these past weeks, particularly in your life, okay? But we're, we're talking about the application here and, and how do we keep, up, keep it up? How do we uh, keep uh, building on the skills that we have developed? And uh, I, don't, I don't know, 
I'm sure you've heard the phrase, use it or lose it, right? And uh, there's a word that all of a sudden this week as I was kind of preparing, I, I thought of this word, um, atrophy. And maybe that's a, not a common word that we use, but, but I looked it up and it said, uh, this is gradual decline in effectiveness due to underuse or neglect, atrophy. And that was a kind of a fear that I had that we uh, suddenly make some progress, you make some progress, you start thinking about it, but maybe it hasn't really gained full traction as far as your habits and, and di- disciplines and the devotion that we're applying to the word. Um, when I was a senior in high school, in fact, I, I think I mentioned this not too long ago, that my last uh, high school football game, I blew my knee out really bad. And back in that time, they would do surgery and a long incision, and then they would keep in, I was in the hospital for a week at that point, had a cast the, at the top of my hip to the tip of my toe uh, for nine, 10 weeks during my senior year of high school. Uh, all the rest of November and December and into January. And, and I remember I couldn't wait to get that cast off. And I thought, man, as soon as I get that cast off, boy, I'm going to go run and I'm going to do all these other things. But when that cast came off, my leg was about that big around. And, and I could not bend my knee. I remember I, I strained it a few times and it was the most painful thing because it had basically become useless because it hadn't been used for those weeks. And it's amazing how quick, how quick when we don't use it that we can lose it. And that's, that's something that I think about this. I don't want that to happen in this case. If you look at the top of your notes, look at John 15. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. We talked about this last week. And we saw how Jesus' intention is, this has got to be inside of you. This has got to be inside of you. I was thinking of John 8 where he says, if you continue in my word, then you are really my disciples. Not just to hear it, but to continue in the word. And so in order to avoid this atrophy, we've got to wrestle with how do we integrate this word into our life. Think about that word, integrate. Basically, it's the opposite of the word segregate, which you know means to kind of distinction to groups or separate them out, okay? It's just the opposite. To integrate means to come together as one. It's where we get the word integrity from. When we say a person is a person of integrity, what are you saying? That they're the same on the outside as they are on the inside, the same on the inside as they are on the outside. They're one, they're whole. How do we get the word of God to become part of who we are, so that it's not something separate or distinct from us. This is where I, uh, you know, we've been living a lot in Psalm 119. This is David's, uh, David's work that is predominantly talking about the scriptures and, and God's laws. Here's what he says. In Psalm 119.20, what I want most of all and at all times is to honor your law. Think about that. I want this more than anything else and all of the time. Would you say that was a pretty high priority? It's number one priority for him. It was his number one desire. So the question is, how do we do that, okay? So here's where we're going today. 
Um, those of you that have been in groups these last weeks, you've uh, been challenged to memorize six verses now, right? Six verses. And what we're going to do is we're going to build our points off of those six verses that you have been hopefully uh, committing to memory. Don't quit. Whole key is there is, is to review, okay? So let's go through those. And, uh, and as we walk through this, the f- one of the first verses that we want to look at is Matthew chapter 7. Uh, verse 24, and he says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a man who built his house on the rock, okay? The man who, who is wise, who hears it and puts it into practice, it's like building on a, on, on a rock. So the first thing that we're gonna have to do to integrate the word is I've got to build on it. I've gotta build on it. We make the word the foundation of our life. That's, that's what, uh, when he says a rock, he's talking about something that's stable. He's talking about something that doesn't change. Um, and guys, the truth is, sometimes you won't understand the word. Sometimes uh, it won't make sense to you. Maybe you won't feel like acting on it or doing anything about it. You might not feel that. But if we go into it with the understanding that it is our rock, this is the thing that is unchanging. It is worthy of building our life upon it. Now, what's the option? The option is you can build it on the sand. The same, same uh, story that Jesus told, he said, the other guy built his house on the sand. Can you guys imagine getting a post hole digger and, and trying, in a, in, a, in a sandy place, trying to dig a hole for a, a, a post of that kind in, in sand? How, can you just see it wobbling? It, it would never have any kind of stability at all. This is why Jesus uses that as an illustration. He says, instead, we're talking about the rock and it is the word of God. And so, uh, when we look at these options, we talk, well, there's all kinds of stuff that we could give ourselves to that is flimsy, that is floppy, that is, that is wobbly like that. And I wanna just mention four of them, four possibilities. Here's the first one. What happens if you build your life on popular culture? Basically, what you hear is everybody's doing it, right? Therefore, I'm gonna do that. Uh, that is faulty ground, that is sandy soil. That's why Paul said in Romans 12, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, okay? By the word, that's what the word does. And so, uh, I think it's just very clear that that, that's not something that we're gonna wanna build on. Uh, Tradition is, is one of those that comes to my mind. We've always done it this way, you ever heard that? We've always done it this way. I'm comfortable with this. I want to just stay with this. I don't want to move on. And Jesus dealt with that all the time with the guys that he was trying to, to press on to this message of the kingdom. In fact, he told them, he says, you leave the commandment of God and hold to the traditions of men. He's weighing it out. Which one are you going to land on? Which one are you going to put, build your foundation on? These traditions or upon God's word, God's commands? A third one is reason where it says, you know, it sounds right, it seems logical, it seems, it seems good to me. And if, if you're relying on your reasonableness, and by the way, reasonableness is not a bad thing, okay? It's good to be a reasonable person. But when you rely upon that, when you build a foundation on that, friends, that is, that is sandy soil. That can change all the time. And in fact, there was a time in scripture where it said there was a way um, Proverbs 16, 25, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in its end, it is a way to death. 
So we can't rely upon that. And fourthly, you can't rely on your emotions, on the feelings. I'm just going to do what I feel, okay? I'm going to do what feels right. Have you ever found out that your emotions lie to you sometimes? <laughs> they really do, don't they? They will, uh, they will declare things, you know, because you feel them, and they're just not the truth. The truth is in the Word of God, all right? And, and that's life. That's the way it works. There was a time in the children of Israel, he says at the time there was no king in Israel, and the people just did whatever they felt like. And if you read on, it was a spiral downward just because they went based on their feelings. So first point, we build on the Word of God. Is it your foundation today? Really, is it? What is your life built on? What are you trusting in? What, what, what is the foundation of everything else that comes after that? Is it God's word or is it maybe some of these other options that we just mentioned? Something to consider. The second thing is we're gonna have to feed on the word of God. Feed on the word of God. Maybe you heard me say, you know, when, when I'm asked what my job description is, job description is, there's two words, lead and feed. My whole job comes out, my whole purpose, my calling is to lead and to feed. And so when we're doing what we're doing right now where the word of God is going out, uh, that's what we're wanting to feed on. Remember the scripture we memorized? Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Colossians 3.16, that was one of the first ones we remembered. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Uh, how do we do that? Uh, how does that happen? Uh, we had talked, I think, in a previous message about just employing our senses. And how many senses do we have? Okay, five, that's, that's, that's the right answer. Okay. And think about this with me. Let's start with what we're doing right now. You're hearing the word of God, right? So we receive it with our ears. We receive it with our ears. Jesus said, Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So that's one of the first means we're gonna pick up on and, and it's gonna get into our, our life is, is we're gonna hear that. Do you guys know, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but we will forget about 95% of something that we hear and if, if it's only hearing. If you're a man here today, it's probably like 105%, right? Huh? Uh, I am one. It, they say it goes in one ear and then what? Out the other. So it's coming in, but sometimes it's going out just about as quick as it came in. You know, so we receive it with our ears. And then we, we, we employ our eyes. We can read it with my eyes. It's one of the reasons why every week, pretty much in the whole time I've been with you, almost any given message, I have notes like this. Because you're not only going to hear things, but you're employing and you're, you're looking and you're, you're employing your eyes. We've got screens where you can use your eyes because it's just going to reinforce what, what it is God's trying to get into our hearts so that we can feed on that. Now, I kind of wonder sometimes, you know, we say it goes in one ear and out the other. Does it go in one eye and out the other eye? For some of us it might. So we have to employ all of our senses. What, what, are, what are some others? We can research with my hands and with my mouth. I research the word with my hands and my mouth. One of the things we picked up in this study, if, if I hope this was driven home to you, that when we talk about going to the Bible, going to the word of God, it's one thing to just read it, you know, just devotionally read it. It's another thing to pause and, and think about that. 
But it's another thing when you want to study the Bible. Remember we said, if you're going to study the Bible, you will always have a pencil and a paper in your hand, something to jot down or something to write down. There's something reinforcing about that when you write down your thoughts. And maybe during this season, that's been one of the disciplines that you never did before. Maybe you've started to do that, started to practice that. And you're going to see a difference. And the other thing is, not just with your hands, but with your mouth, you're going to share with somebody what it is God is saying to you. One of my joys is, you know, with my wife Annette, um, you know, that uh, more, than, more often than not, when she spent time with the Lord, uh, she just has kind of picked up on this. And she will invariably, when we, you know, after she's done with her time, you know, she'll say, hey, this is what the Lord is saying to me. And it's kind of like a flow. It's a flow of, of what God is doing. And if we don't say it, if we don't open our mouths, if we don't speak it out, it becomes stagnant. It just becomes, you know, it stays right there and it never goes, goes anywhere. So these are things that I think are important if we're serious about feeding. I can reflect on it in my mind. This is what the meditation was, is spending time, giving it time to meditate uh, on that, okay? And, uh, you know, I, I thought about this. Last night, I'm not really a tea drinker, but sometimes at night, you know, uh, I'll, I'll get a, a hot water and do a decaf tea and last night was one of those nights, and I remember getting that water, and it's nice and clear, and then you take the tea bag and you put it inside, and all of you have done this before, I'm sure. How long does it take for that tea to become part of the water? What I find myself doing, my tea bag floats to the top, and there's just a little bit showing. I'll grab it like this, and I'll, I'll dip it. I'll, I'll just keep dipping it and dipping it like this. Some of you have other means to, to get the tea into the water. But I thought about that last night. That's what we're talking about. That's what meditation is. It's allowing it to soak. It's allowing it to saturate. It's allowing it to become integrated with your water. You see? And meditation gives you the time to do that. What would happen if you just put it in there and then went right to drinking it? You wouldn't probably expect to have much flavor. There wouldn't be an aroma. It wouldn't have the, the properties of tea. But did you notice that when the tea is allowed to soak in the clear water, it ceases to be water anymore. Now all of a sudden, what is it? It's a cup of tea. It changes its identity because you've allowed it to soak. And that's what we're talking about when we allow the Word of God and to, to reflect on it. The last one is there is we remember it. We remember it with our heart, okay? Um, you know, it, it transforms us, it changes us. We don't just hear it up in our minds, but it translates down into our hearts. So that's what I hope we'll commit ourselves to. We need to feed on the Word of God. Here's the third one. We need to live by it. Live by it. Here's a, here's a scripture we remembered uh, from Psalm 119.11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, okay? He says, I've hidden your word in my heart. And to some degree, it kind of goes back to this same illustration that we just talked about of the tea and the, and the water. I, I've allowed my heart to soak it up and to be saturated to the point where now the word of God informs everything that I do. I'm living by it. 
And that's what I think he's striving for us uh, to aim at. You know what I find interesting? Psalm one, if you go to the very first Psalm, verse one, chapter one, verse one, the very first thing out of the Psalms, which is amazing, the first thing he says is, you know, blessed are those who don't sit at the feet of the ungodly, of the wicked, that they're not uh, exposing themselves all the time to mockers and, and scoffers, he says. But blessed are those who delight in the laws of God and meditate on them day and night. Is that not powerful? He's saying that's the key. That's what, that's what it's all gonna come down to, is whether or not the, the word of God is, is something we live by as opposed to uh, many other options you know, that are out there. I, uh, I, I stop and I just think about the difference that it makes. Friends, you know, our lives are marked by all kinds of things that are going to approach us, but I think when, when we're in our times of weakness, is the word of God not your strength? Is that what helps you in those times? When you're confused about something, the word of God is your wisdom. He says, ask for wisdom if you need it, and I'll give it to you. When we're broken, he is the one that puts us back together. He's the one that heals us. When we're in a crisis, we don't know what's gonna happen. The word of God is our hope, and it is trustworthy. When we need direction in our lives, where do you go for guidance? Do you go to the word of God? Because he said to, he said, you trust me and ask me, and I'll, I will show you the path. And so, you know, again, it, it's, it's who we are. It's our identity. Once the word of God gets into us, it changes our identity, and, and we're gonna start becoming more and more like, like Christ, so we live by it. Here's a fourth one. This is gonna be our means of growth, and we talk a lot about that around here at North Shore. That's our, kind of our objective, uh, our strategy in making disciples who can make disciples. It's all about growing and not staying stuck. I tell you, my heart gets so distressed when I hear about people, Christian people, who are content to remain just where they're at, status quo. Because I don't think you ever stay neutral. I think you're either moving forward or you're gonna slip backwards. What do you think? You're gonna, you're gonna be committed to growing and being stretched and be changed and be transformed or you think you might be staying, staying here, but in, in effect, friends, you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna slip backwards because you won't have the substance to be able to contend with just the, the battles that are out there. So how do we grow? How do we grow in the word of God? It's like a seed that is planted in us. And um, you know, last week, if you were with us, we were, we were looking at the 15th chapter of John and we were talking about prayer being kind of the fruit of the root uh, is, is through prayer. We, that's how we become fruitful and we grow. And Jesus, Jesus had shared some, some powerful words, but the verse that we memorized was found in Psalm 119, uh, verse 18. He says, open my eyes that I might see wonderful things in your law. Open my eyes. And guys, the word I want you to key on there is open. Open my eyes, as opposed to what? Closed eyes. Open my eyes. What it means, when you're talking about opening something, you're opening it up, you're receiving it. You're receiving it. And Jesus shared this parable um, over in the Gospels. Uh, we call it sometimes the parable of the sower and the seed, sometimes the parable of the, the soils. 
But I want, I want you to quickly walk through this. You can see there in your notes and just kind of highlight some of these, not to dig too deep. But what Jesus did was he, he most likely, kind of like last week, he was walking and he saw a vineyard and he used that as an object lesson. Well, Jesus probably was walking through and seeing some furrowed ground and, and somebody, a farmer, who had planted some seeds and things like that, and they know how it happened. Back in those times, they wouldn't have plows, they wouldn't have tractors and things like that to get it all perfect. What they would do is they, they would make rows, you know, and they would, they would shovel it up and make the soil receptive, but then they would walk down the, the, you know, the, the aisle, and then they would cast the seed out. They would just throw it out like this. And so, with that in mind, he gave four scenarios. The first one was what we'll call the hardened soil. And, and he likens these, and he explains this. He likens these to our minds or to our hearts and the receptivity. And he's saying this hardened soil is like a closed mind. It's a mind that says, when it comes to the word of God, I don't want to hear it. And I suppose all of us have maybe been there or at least we've heard somebody that is there. I don't want to hear it. When you speak the word of God, maybe to a colleague or to a family member or somebody who you know is not, maybe not receptive, that's one of the first things they'll throw in their head. Hey, don't, I don't even want to hear it. That's a closed mind. That's a hardened heart. And the seed can never take uh, root in, in that kind of heart. And Jesus explained that. And he said, he said uh, the ones along the path are those who have heard, and then the devil comes and he takes away the word from their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. So the action I would just simply say is we've got to have an open mind. We've got to receive it. We have to be open to what he wants to say to us, Okay. The shallow soil is like the superficial mind. Here's how Jesus explained it. He said, the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, the word received it with joy, but then they have no root, and they believe for a while, but at the time of testing, they begin to, to fall away. Um, so you come, you hear this, you're hearing this right now, and it says you're gonna go away from here, and, and, and forget everything that you heard. One ear, out the other, right? And, and it never has a chance. Or he, he implies that maybe you want to, maybe you try to, but it's in the time of testing. The picture he was giving was a, a, a plant that rises up in the kind of the rocky soil, but it's never got roots. It might look good for a while, but when the sun starts heating down on it, bearing down on it, all of a sudden it withers up and it's gone. Okay, so he's, he's saying if you want to grow, then what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to make time for God's word. We're going to have to allow it, the time to saturate, like we talked about earlier, and to, to go down deeper uh, than just on the surface. The weeds, I would call those the preoccupied mind. And he spells it out for us. He says there are things that are going to get in the way. Um, you know, he says, as for what fell on the thorns, they are like those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. So the things he mentions, the cares, the worries, the stuff we just wrap our minds around a lot, uh, things that are totally out of our hands sometimes, um, riches, you know, what's going to happen next? Is there going to be enough? Uh, the pleasures, 
you know, how can I, how can I just keep, you know, doing the things that, that I want to do and not be pressed or forced into stuff? Those are the things, he says, that will choke out the true word of God. What do we have to do? We have to eliminate the distractions. We have to eliminate those distractions if we're truly going to grow. And I imagine for a lot of us, uh, what this really comes down to is, is one big deal, and that is busyness, isn't it? It's we're, we're just so busy. We have filled ourselves up to the brim with other things, other, other values, other priorities. And I suppose if we just got out our uh, calendars or our, our schedules or whatever, and we saw how much time we actually are distracted, how much time that, that we aren't given to a purpose, uh, it would probably be quite insightful. And there's, I, I don't know, if we could remove half of it, just think of the impact that that could make, you know, and not allow those distractions to get in there and choke the word out. So those are the weeds. Well, obviously he was aiming for the good part, and that is the good soil. This is the one that is willing in your mind. You're willing to hear it. You're willing to allow it to penetrate in your heart, to soak up in your heart, and, and then to respond to it as God would have you to do. So the action here is to cooperate with what it says. He says, as for the good soil, there are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast uh, in an honest and good heart and they bear fruit with patience. So these are the things I think that the Lord would would have us to do. This is the fourth action. Let's look at the fifth one. You know, just stop and think about this. Can we go back real quick? So if we're going to integrate the word in our heart, we're gonna have to build on it. Uh, It's our foundation. We're gonna feed on it. We are going to live by it, and then we're gonna grow as a result of it. The fifth one is, is to act on it. We've got to act on it. We've got to do what he says. James, remember James 1:22. What did he say? Do not merely be hearers of the word or just listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says, right? Do what it says. Now, there have been a couple of things that we've done and uh, if you've been in uh, one of our groups and have, have applied the lessons each week, those have not been necessarily parallel to what we've been talking about on the weekend. But do you remember when it comes to just the Word of God, what we can do to apply what it is that we're reading or, or to practice? The first one we talked about was pronounce it. Remember, read the Word and just say it out loud, one, ver- one word with an emphasis each time. Pronounce it. Picture it. Put yourself in that scene. Uh, imagine what it would be like for, for you to be there. And, uh, you know, I, it was really, I don't know if I shared this with you or not, but we, we uh, were in our, our group, and we were going over that week, and we were talking about, you know, if you remember the story of the guys that lowered the guy, the guy through the roof in front of Jesus and the four friends and, you know, trying to picture yourself in that, that. And all of a sudden it just dawned on me, because we've got a couple of gals that are going with us on this trip to Israel, and I, it just dawned on me, I said, next week you're gonna be at that house where that most likely happened. Because in the little village of Capernaum, uh, Peter's house is, is kind of designated because of some writings that were on the wall and it's a very, very good chance. And there's actually kind of a church that's built over the top, but it's glass and you look down it. And I just got this picture in my mind. It, didn't, it wasn't hard at all to picture literally what it would look like for these guys to tear a hole in the roof and drop it in there. And when you put yourself in those positions, friends, I'll tell you what, it starts becoming very personal. 
and, and it, it, it makes a difference. He says, paraphrase it. In other words, write it out in your own words. Personalize it. Uh, make it your own. Pray it is one of those that you're gonna be probably picking up this week. But the one I wanted to emphasize was the probit. Do you remember probit? And we gave you an acronym. Everybody remember what the acronym was? Space Pets. Okay, it sounds crazy, but you know what? You remember the S stood for, is there any sin I need to confess? Is there a promise I need to claim? Is there an attitude I need to change? Is there you know, a command I need to obey? Remember walking through that? Those kind of things, they, help, they just help you solidify what God is saying. They're just little hangers, but maybe that'll be helpful. That's what we mean by acting on it. Now, throughout this series, we've been talking about a Micah 6.8. You remember, this is, this is how we honor the Lord, to act justly and, and do mercy, remember? Walk humbly with our God. And so you've been challenged uh, to consider how are we gonna put this into practice? And I've hear, heard a number of stories. Uh, one of my friends just uh, you know, sent this picture to him and some of his guys uh, were out there and I'm not sure what they were doing, digging a hole and what the hole was for. Uh, I understand it was uh, a gal that was a widow. Is that right, Russ? Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and so the guys in the group got together and they said, you know what, we're gonna put this into practice. I don't know what your story looks like. I don't know what you're planning on uh, as, a, as a group, but the, the key is, friends, is we don't let it just sit there, that we do something. We do something with it and we act on it, okay? So the last one I'll share is this. I must trust in it. I must trust in it. And the verse we remembered uh, at that is, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. I'm gonna trust in it. And if we go all the way back to the first message, do you believe the Bible is trustworthy? Do I mean, do you really? If you say you do, do you find yourself trusting in it when maybe it doesn't make sense, when maybe you don't understand it, or maybe you don't even feel like doing it? Do you really trust in it? You know, a lot of times uh, when I'm, uh, you know, sometimes I've been in a conversation with somebody and we talk about trusting Christ for salvation. We've, uh, over the years, I've used this chair illustration where you can look at a chair and it's right there and you can say, yeah, you know, I believe it would, I could sit in it. Uh, yeah, I believe it's strong enough to hold me. And you can say, I believe that. But it, until you go and you sit in it, you're not really trusting in it, right? That's the key. Do you really trust in it? David said, your word is a lamp to my feet. So in those times when it is dark, when there's times I don't know what's about to happen, do I really trust him? And uh, if I was real honest with you, right now I'm in one of those times. You know, because, because there's a lot of variables and there are things that are totally out of my hands. Even though I'm a leader and, and uh, you do all your own preparations and you do everything that you can do and that, and that you can, uh, you know, affect. I keep going back to Jehoshaphat where the army was coming at and he just says, God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And what a great posture to be in, to trust the Lord and he's just saying, when we're in the dark, guess who the light is gonna be? 
Remember what we said that it's like a flashlight. He's not going to shine it a mile out in front of you or two miles out in front of you. He's just going to show you enough for the very next step. And there are those times when we're reduced to just that. What does the next step look like? Lord, I need your light. I trust in your word. So this, this I hope, is helpful to you as we move forward. I hope that we can employ this. Uh, quite honestly, man, I tell you, this, this would be something I would keep in the back of my Bible. I would have it probably in the sleeve and pull it out and just review this on a regular basis. Uh, am I doing this? Am, is, is this something that's a reality in my life, in my practice? Where do I need to, to keep um, you know, moving forward? So this is my ask for you as we kind of wind it down and we conclude this today. This is, uh, this is what I'm going to challenge you uh, to do. I want you to keep moving toward what we have begun. All right? Keep moving forward. Don't go backwards. And I think in order to do that, Here's the first thing I'm asking. If you got into a life group uh, or some kind of gathering where you were walking through this, I'm gonna ask you to continue that, okay? Now, there's a chance that maybe it was, uh, it was something to where geographically or time-wise and everything that you found that it was just a difficulty and, and maybe it was kind of hard to gain traction. Find a group where you can continue on in, okay? Get into a group. Second thing is, is continue to do your daily study in the Word of God. Whatever that looks like, whatever steps you've initially taken. Maybe it's just that devotional methods that we've talked about. But then move in, and some of you have been there for quite some time, move into the study phase to where you have a pencil and a paper and you're starting to dig deeper and write down the things uh, according to the way we've learned. Continue that, okay? And then here's the last thing I would suggest. Determine now what you're going to do next in your Bible study. Do it now. Um, if you need some help, hey, send a message. There are, there, there are endless numbers of studies available that can guide you, that can help you, or just open it up to a book and start working it through verse by verse to the best you can through one of these methods. But make a commitment of what the next step for you might look like. All right? And as, uh, as we do this together, what I'm, what I'm convinced of is that God is going to begin to change your life, change your heart, transform form everything about who we are, not only individually, but as a church. And I believe he's going to get a lot of glory from that. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know what? I, I so appreciate you guys, and I don't say this enough, but when I look in your eyes, when I'm sharing and I'm teaching... I see a hungering and a thirsting for the things of God, and there's a verse that always comes to the back of my mind. You may not know this, but this is what swirls in my mind when Jesus said, blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And your heart attitude right now as you receive this, I believe that Jesus is gonna fill your heart and your life to overflowing, and, uh, and not only are you gonna be blessed, but everybody around you is gonna be blessed as a result of that. So let's close with a prayer and uh, commit it to the Lord. Commit your life to the Lord, hopefully to these ends. Let's review what he said to us today and our worship team will close us out with a song today. All right, let's stand together. Father, today uh, we, we once again humbly bow before you. You are our awesome God and, and we are just humbled to be in your presence. God, so much about what we've shared today is, is so pointed, it's so practical. 
Uh, I imagine there's a few that it might even feel overwhelming because uh, we've, we've covered a lot. But I think what for our purposes today is, Lord, maybe there's one thing, maybe there's just one thing that has stood out. And we're saying, that's the thing I believe your spirit is saying to me right now. Maybe it's an evaluation of, of the things I've been building my life on. And maybe I need to change that, restructure that, rearrange my priorities. Lord, maybe uh, it has to do with just a time allotment and to look at my schedule that is so packed full, there's no margin left for meditating on your word. Maybe that's a, a, a change that needs to happen. God, there no doubt is someone who, who really just at the foundation thinking about you, uh, just you and their relationship with you. Maybe they're not on the terms that they would like to be and they'd like to take some first steps to, to restoring that relationship or to begin it for the first time. And I pray before we go today that maybe they could just talk to you about that and commit themselves to you to that end. Lord, today uh, there's so much that you want to say to us through your Spirit. I pray in general for us as a people to have open and receptive hearts from what I can see with my eyes, Lord, uh, our congregation is very, very much hungering and thirsting for the things of God and especially to understand the word and to put it into practice. But Lord, I don't, I don't see it all. I don't know it all. You're the one that sees into our hearts. So you know, Lord, whether we're, we're committed or not. You know whether we're faithful. You know whether we're serious about this and that this truly uh, is the highest of priorities like David said. What I want most of all, and at all times, is to honor you uh, by what is written in your law. So God, we, we just pray that as you hear this prayer today, that we will see you continue at work, um, and, and that the growth will be something tangible that we can celebrate uh, as we move ahead. God, be with all the factors that are in front of us. I pray for our, uh, our group that's, uh, Lord willing, going to be traveling soon and that all these details will fall in place. We'll give you glory in advance and trust you. Help my heart not to be anxious, um, but to be at peace. And God, whatever other concerns are in this room, whether it be health concerns or financial or relational, whatever they are, Lord, um, help us uh, just to apply your word and put it into practice. So with all this said, we love you, and we commit this to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Blessings to you. You know what? We're going to be hanging around. It was a beautiful time of prayer last week. I know that we've got uh, uh, some elders that are here and that, uh, you know, just hang around if we need to. Hey, we're not in a big hurry, all right? Uh, and if we can help you if we, by praying or encouraging you in any way, let us know, okay? But let's close out with...